0: the time, it is now high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us, therefore, cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher
1: is Dr. John G. Mitchell. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate-level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day, word for word, from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to The Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed,
3: We continue in Romans chapter 13 verses 11 through 14 in our study today here on the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Well, beginning in verse 11, we see the incentive for loving Christian relationships. The incentive. Is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a fact that Jesus is coming again, but when he is coming has not been revealed. Are you and I looking for his soon return? Because Jesus himself said, since I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Well, Dr. Mitchell in this lesson explains three verses having to do with the casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. We are to arm ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and let him live his life in and through us in these very evil days, manifesting his love to those around us. Well, here is Dr. Mitchell, Romans chapter 13, verse 11.
0: Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, we come with great joy for the privilege of just talking to you about the Scriptures, about our wonderful relationship with the Savior and the opportunity of representing Him before men in a world that is full of sin, of corruption, and shall I add, of cold indifference to the Savior. Thank God there are those who are hungry for reality. And we want to reach that with the word of God. How how can I reach them? Certainly not with a hard heart or a cold, indifferent heart. We must reach them with a heart that's full of love. And we're finding this in the book of Romans, chapter 13, in verses 8 down through 14 to the end of the chapter. We've been dealing with our relationship to society. Uh, This is the chapter where we are citizens of glory living in a world and citizens of our own country with a tremendous responsibility to the government and especially now to each other. We've been dealing with that and we are to manifest love for love is the fulfilling of the law. You see, when our hearts are overcome with the love of Christ for men and women, I'm not going to worry about about your feet tracking right. Do you know what I mean by that? If your heart is occupied with the Savior, I'm not worried where your feet will take you. It's because we get out of touch with the Lord and our fellowship with him is broken. As Christians, that we go where we shouldn't go and we do what we shouldn't do and we say what we shouldn't say. And oftentimes our attitude is one of a holier-than-thou or possibly one of criticism and one of censoriousness and sometimes of bitterness instead of love. And yet I declare to you that God wants us as his children to manifest exactly what he is and God is love. And I repeat it, I am not talking about a sentimental sort of a thing, which is so glibly talked about today. In fact, oftentimes sin is excused on the ground that they love each other. When it's not love, it's nothing else but lust. Love has tremendous thought for the respect of the rights of others. Love is tremendous. Love is of God. And love is the heart spring to a life that will be righteous. I'm not talking about a righteous standing before God. That was settled back then, Romans chapter 3, 4, and 5. I'm talking about a righteousness before men. And as you and I walk before God in the light of his word by the Spirit of God, then we begin to manifest that wonderful, wonderful life of the manifestation of the character and the heart and the love and the compassion and the tenderness of our Savior. Now, we're down to verse 11 of chapter 13. 11 to 14, and this is the incentive. We were discussing that in closing in our last lesson. I'll just mention it again. Verse 11, and that knowing the time, now remember the background, talking about our relationship to the society, and that knowing the time, it is now high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. That is the completion of our salvation in our experience. The night is far spent. The coming of the Lord is near. And our salvation is to be completed at the coming of the Lord when these very bodies are going to be changed and fashioned like unto his glorious body. Need I remind you of those scriptures? Romans eight twenty nine. God has determined that we shall be conformed to the image of his Son of 1 John 3, 2 and 3. When we see him, we shall be just like him. Or Corinthians fifteen fifty one, he's going to change these bodies and uh, from corruptible to incorruptible, from uh, from mortal to immortal. Or Philippians three, he's going to make them just like unto his own glorious body. And the night is far spent, and the day is at hand. The event of the coming of the Lord, that surgeon, the time of his coming is uncertain. Hence, hope is stimulated. Watchfulness, as a Christian, is aroused because he may come today. If I were sure he was coming today, what what, what would I do? If you knew, my Christian friend, that the Lord Jesus was coming for you tonight, would you change your program? Would you change your plans for the day? I remember someone saying to Mr. uh, Mr. Wesley one time, Mr. Wesley, what would you do? If you knew the Lord was coming today, what would you do? Do you know what he said? He said, Sir, I would be doing just what I am doing. I am living today, every day, in the anticipation of the coming of our Savior. Or as Dr. G. Campbell Morgan used to say, I'm living and serving today as if the Lord was coming today. And I'm working my head off as if the Lord was going to tarry a hundred years. And if Paul could say our salvation is nearer now than when we believed, oh, what about us? I again repeat that verse in Hebrews ten thirty seven, And the first part of verse 38. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just, the children of God, shall live by faith. And how is our life of faith manifested? By love for the brethren, by our love for men and women, wherever we find them. Please let us not be ignorant of the time in which we live and let us, let us mark the coming of the Lord is very near. I said, why should we do this? Because, verse 12, the night is fast spent, the day is at hand. Let us, therefore, there it's an appeal to us, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Would you please Mark in verse 12? The night is far spent and the day is at hand. The hour for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is at hand. That for which he, of which he spoke in John 14, If I go away, I will come again, and I will receive you unto myself. Now, in view of this, my hope being stimulated, my watchfulness being aroused, what shall I do? Well, he said, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on, let us walk honestly. Notice uh, three times, three times he says, let us. The same thing in Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3. In those two passages, Paul says, let us cast off, put off the deeds of the old man, the clothes of the old man. What if someone has said, Let's get rid of our night clothes, the clothes of darkness. It's calls for action. Let us throw off the works of darkness. Now, let me ask you, what are the works of darkness? Now, the next verse tells us, let us walk honestly as in the day. Now, notice, what are the works of darkness? Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife or envy, or jealousy. Let me read those verses again. Cast off the works of darkness. Throw off your night clothes, And throw off what? Rioting and drunkenness. That means intemperance. That means public passions. Rioting and drunkenness are the outbroken sins of society. I need go into them. Rioting and drunkenness doesn't belong to the children of God. Rioting and drunkenness is the manifestation of the sins of the night. This is the world out of Christ. This is the world in its sin. Unbroken sin, rioting and drunkenness. The second couple, chambering and wantonness. These are the secret sins of society impurity, corruption. You know, you and I are living in a day, if I can use the term, It's I'm quoting the term on this, of course, situation ethics. If there are two people who agree that they want to do certain things, why, what's wrong with that? They both love each other, let them do what they want to do. Yes, moral corruption, and with that moral corruption comes the fruitage of that moral corruption, disease. I question even if medical science can give to us the estimate of the sexual diseases in America. When one reads of in high school, as I read the other day, high school young people, the tremendous percentage of young people in high school who are already diseased through these two things, chambering and wantonness. Let it not be once named among us as becometh Christians, the children of God. I know, you say, you won't find me in rioting and drunkenness. No, sir. But what about these secret sins? The sins are brought down the wrath of God upon the world at the flood, the sins that brought down the wrath of God upon Babylon, upon Israel, upon Sodom and Gomorrah, upon Rome, upon Greece. And I'm sorry to say, the cup of iniquity is filling full in America and throughout the world. Oh, listen, Christian friend, I'm appealing to you today You and I haven't very much more time left on earth to magnify the Savior. And we can't afford, please listen to me, we can't afford to live one day out of fellowship with God. I tell you that we're surrounded this this wave of, of situation ethics, of moral corruption, this freedom of expression is lapping over not only into our schools but into our churches, into society. If I could tell you the things that I know about what's going on in society, my Christian friend, if ever I could appeal to you, if anyone ever did appeal to you, I'm appealing to you today as Christians, as children of God. Let us walk honestly in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. You see, well, Mr. Mitchell, I'm not guilty of rioting. I'm not guilty of drunkenness. I'm not guilty of immorality. All right, look at the next two. Notice these couplets. First one is unbroken sins of society. Second couple is secret sins of society. What about the last couple? Strife and envying, these are sins of the heart. These are sins of our emotions. Notice the company it keeps, strife. I'm telling you today, and my heart was sad today, just today. I heard of a certain city where they had a real wonderful testimony for God. And I heard today that out of that one testimony have sprang three or four churches, not because of their desire to reach the unsaved, but because of fighting and strife among themselves. Envy and jealousy. Oh, listen, someone has well said that envy and jealousy are the sins of Christian workers, the common sins of Christian workers, God forbid. Sins of the heart. How easy it is to become jealous and envy, envious of someone, even some other Christian, some other Christian whom God is using. And because your own heart is out of fellowship with God, uh, you say things you shouldn't say about them. In your jealousy, in your envy, and first thing you know, you divide God's people. Shame on us Christians. No, sir, we wouldn't, we wouldn't at all be found guilty of rioting and drunkenness. Nor would we be guilty of chambering and wantonness, of impurities, of moral corruption. But what about these inner things? Strife, envy, jealousy. Do you ever notice that quite often in your Bible when, when the Spirit of God through his servants gives to us a list of the sins of society, he'll bring in envy and jealousy and strife. And yet these sins are common among God's people. I'm sorry to say this. It's a wonderful thing. For God's people to be knitted together around the person of Christ so that you see each other in Christ Jesus, not to see each other in our weaknesses, in our frailty, in our failures even. In fact, as we have said before, we find a Christian who's not walking orderly, a Christian who is failing God, a Christian who is weak, instead of kicking them down and judging them and hitting them with a club, Put your arm round and love them and manifest mercy and encourage them in the Lord because the, the time is at hand, the day is far spent. The Lord is even at the door. He may come today. I say, what an incentive to live for God. What an incentive to leave to one side rioting and drunkenness. What an incentive to leave to one side the sins of the flesh, immorality and uncleanness. What an incentive to put aside all strife and bickering and fighting and envy and jealousy. May I again remind you what Proverbs says, that envy, jealousy, is the rottenness of the bones. Oh, God, deliver us from such a thing. And one finds it in the most unexpected quarters. God granted you and I, and may I say if I'm talking to you who are preachers, Christian workers, Sunday school teachers, officers in a church, whoever you may be, God deliver you and me from envy and from jealousy of some other Christian whom God be is using. I may not agree with all that they do, but boy, God is using them. And to his own mastery stands or falls. May we keep our hands off and glorify what God is doing. And then I read, what shall I do? Now what we're not to do, we're to throw off rioting and drunkenness. We're to throw off chambering and wanting, We're to throw off strife and edving. What shall I do? Put on an armor of light. What is that? Verse 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day. We don't belong to the night. We belong to the day. You remember you're going to Corinthians and you're going to Thessalonians and it speaks of this fact that we're not children of the night. We are children of the day. You find that, by the way, in in Thessalonians chapter five, verses four to eight, uh, I'm telling you we ought to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The last verse, "Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the place of victory. This is the place of deliverance. Put on. In other words, recognize your identification with the risen Lord and you appropriate him for your daily needs. This is the place of victory. We look forward to his return, but now we experience him in a delivered life before men. It means to live Christ. For example, take Philippians. That Christ might be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, For to me to live Christ. We are to live as citizens of another world that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. I count everything but loss that I might win Christ, that I might know Christ. Make no provision for the flesh, for its desires and for its lust. All you need is found in Christ. Take everything. Take your weaknesses. Take your circumstances. Take your frailty. Take the whole business to him. He's all you need. And what are his terms? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That means to be in him. That means to put on him. Arm ourselves with his power for our lives day by day. That's for you. That's for me. Oh, listen, Christian friend. Why don't you appropriate Christ today? You see, I want to live a victorious life. Well, listen, you let him do that, and you enjoy the deliverance. Let him live his life out through you, through me, and this will manifest love towards society. Oh, how we need this. I need this just as much as you need it. And God grant that you and I today might so walk before God. We shall live in the light of his presence. Radiating something of the sweetness of the aroma of Christ. Oh, that people might see Christ living in you and in me. How? By our words, by our speech, by what we do, by where we go, we manifest that loving, loving spirit toward others, and thus Christ shall be glorified. May the Lord bless you today for his precious, holy name's sake. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.